that, I, I don't know where to start. I, I think, I think I need to start by sharing something that I, a preacher that I heard just recently, because he said that uh, God's going to shatter your normal. And then when he said that, I thought, well, it's too late. <laughs> when we moved in November, our normal got shattered. Now, all of a sudden, the coffee shop that was down the road is way down the road. And, and all of the little familiar places that you, you go when you got some time off, or the, now they're, they're distanced and all of that. And so, and, and, but but in, in the process of seeing that, I realized that God's going to shatter yours, too. I can promise you that 2020, 2020, 2020 vision, 2020. Exodus 2020, 2 Chronicles 2020, you're going to get your 2020 vision. But, you know, and I know that those are both Old Testament, you know, scriptures, but they're going to hook up with Matthew 6, 33, and Matthew 9, 29, and Mark 9, 23, and James chapter 1, and a whole bunch of other places that we'll connect with as we, as we travel through this. But Deuteronomy chapter 28 is interesting because in verse 1 it says, if, you'll, if you will, if, that little two-letter word, if, that causes all your trouble. <laughs> if, he said, if you will, hearken diligently, and hearken and diligently are the same word in the Hebrew. He, he says it twice for emphasis. If you will hearken diligently unto the voice of your God and observe to do what he says, <laughs> well, this is a unique concept. <laughs> do what the Lord says. He said, if you do that, he said, I'll set you on high above the earth. I'll make you the head and not the tail above and never underneath. Wouldn't that be a good 2020? Wouldn't it, shouldn't this be the best year of your life so far? And so why, why not make it so? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Now, he had just finished giving the, the 10 suggestions. Now, we know that they are 10 commandments, and we know that they're boiled down into, into two. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the new covenant. You see, God wasn't a bad God in the old covenant and became a, new, uh, a good guy in, in, the, in the New Testament. He's... He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always been good. He's always been after you and me. But the reason why he has to smash your normal, I think, is because, well, the preacher used this example. It was a Christmas message, but it's applicable to us today. He was talking about Zechariah in Luke's gospel, he was Elizabeth's husband and John the Baptist's father. He's talking about him and how he would come down from the Galilee. And I had followed his path when I was over there in Israel, and it was pretty interesting. But he would come down for two weeks in the spring of the year, two weeks in the fall of the year to do his routine in the temple. We have our routine on Thursday night and our routine on Sunday morning. And it can become a ritual. You know, we're going to have four or five praise and worship songs, and then somebody's going to get up and share the word and, and all that. And not that there's anything wrong in, in and of itself, but 
But what happened with Zechariah is he was believing God for Elizabeth to have a son when she was a young woman. And years and years went by, and he was still going through the routine, still showing up, still praying the prayers, but probably not believing them anymore. Well, we know he wasn't. And so years and years go by, and now she's an older woman, and she can't have a child anymore. And not only that, he doesn't have any Viagra either, so like he's, you know, he can't go the distance himself. And so, so he's there. <laughs> he's, so he's there walking around, doing, you know, putting out the showbread, snuffing the candles, burning the incense, which represent the prayers of the people. And when you think about it, when you think about the prayers of the people and he, him using incense, incense is a smell that changes the atmosphere. And it comes out of the fire. So when your prayers come out of the fire of the Holy Ghost, it'll change the atmosphere. But he, but he, he had it nailed down to a ritual. Now, and he was doing that, trimming the wicks on the, on the cantilever and doing all that. And then an angel shows up. Michael shows up and tells him he's going to have a son. He's standing there talking to an angel, and he doesn't believe the angel. This is how far into a ritual we can get. I mean, Michael got upset. He said, I'm Michael. <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, because you won't listen to me, I'm going to shut your mouth. I'm going to shut you up for nine months so that I can get this miracle to happen. But when, when I heard the preacher preaching about that, I thought, this is what happens in church. Like, you've been believing God for something for so long. Still living in time. Not realizing that God is outside of time. And he's already got done what you prayed for several years ago. It's already done, and it's in the bank. But you haven't counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, tests, and trials, knowing that the trial of your faith will work patience. When patience has its perfect work, you'll be complete, entire, and lacking nothing. He's building something in you. He's building something in me. But in Exodus chapter 20, in verse 20, we've looked at these verses before. And I'd like to remind you that there are 8,000 words in the Jewish language, and over 100,000 in the English language. So lots of times the word will be used in different places with different meanings depending on the context that it's written in. That's why the Bible has been so mistranslated sometimes because people will take one verse and pull it out of its setting, and you can make it say whatever you want it to say when you do that. But here's a, there's an interesting verse in the King James because it says, Moses... This is just after he gave the Ten Commandments. The first four are man to God, the last six are man to man. But it's talking about relationships. But then he gets down here and he says, And Moses said unto all the people, Fear not. In other words, don't be afraid of God. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Because you can't have a love relationship with somebody you're afraid of. So he said, fear not, for God has come to prove you. Huh. 
it kind of reminds me of Psalm 105 and verse 37 through along through those verses there where it says, it, it talks about Joseph when he was down in Egypt and, and it says, until, the word of, until his word from the Lord came, the word tried him. You see, you don't get to try faith. Faith is trying you all the time. And the devil's after, like when the devil comes against you, it's your faith he's after. Don't let him, whatever, whatever comes against you, don't let him get your faith. Don't ever stop him believing. Don't ever stop believing for a, a, a positive outcome, no matter what it looks like. This is what he wants. If he can't get your faith, he can't get your stuff. If he can't get your faith, he can't knock you off track. So he said, fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces that you sin not. Well, that seems strange. He's telling me not to fear him, but then he's telling me to fear him. No, really what he's saying here is, a rever when I have a reverence for God, I, I just always want to do what pleases him. And it's not some ritual or some religion. It's kind of like if, like, if, now I still miss it. How many, do you, do you does anybody here st still miss it from time to time? Yeah. James does. No, Joey was pointing at him, so I'm just assuming. No, but, okay. I remember one time on social media, when I used to spend more time there, I get into a discussion with this individual, and finally I texted him and I said, I don't wrestle with a pig, because, the pig, because you get into the dirt and the pig likes it. Right? That was pretty saucy, wasn't it? For a preacher, yeah. But my point is, if a pig and a sheep both fall in the mud. The pig likes it, but the sheep knows it doesn't belong there. And so when you miss it, you're that sheep. Yeah, you got dirty, but you know you don't belong there. You know who you belong to, that you have a good shepherd that's going to clean you up and, and, and dust you off. That's why when you get dirty, you can get over it. Say, hey, I, I fell in the mud, but I'm not staying in the mud. I get down in the funk, but I'm not staying in the funk. That's funk junk. And so, and so you get up and you get on. So, so really what I, what I get out of 2020 is I'm in awe of his love for me. And so I revere him because I don't deserve it. There's nothing that I could do to deserve it. Preaching the gospel doesn't make me deserve it. I mean, I read what Paul the Apostle said about when he was writing to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I was the chief sinner because I was a religious bigot and racist. But he said, God found me faithful and he put me in the ministry. So he realized he didn't even get credit for that. God called it. God called you and put you where you need to be. And if, and if you're not there yet, well, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that you are being changed from glory to glory into his image and into his likeness. And I, I, I'm expecting big changes 
in this church and in the church because it's only big change that's going to get the job done. It's like the world, like it's like the world has gone back to paganism and it's going there faster and we're going back to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is where we're going to live. Yes, there was persecution, but there was mighty signs and miracles on a regular basis. Routine. So don't be afraid of God, but fear the Lord. In other words, I'm afraid to be away from him. <laughs> I, I love his presence. I just love your presence, Lord. So, and then another thing that you need to do, you can do, and you, and you do it here on a Thursday night or on a Sunday, you stay connected with covenant-minded people. I try not to spend a whole lot of time with negative people because you'll end up like the pig in the mud. You, you're the sheep, but you end up in the mud with the pig, and the pig likes it. And so if people want to come and rehearse the curse and tell you their problems, pray for them. But, but when they come back again and again and again, it makes, put, makes, makes some room for them to find new friends. Amen. So a reverence that causes me to want to do his will. So the Exodus 20, verse 20. Amen. Okay, so but with that in mind, let's go to Acts chapter 9. We'll look at it a little further. Acts chapter 9. The sound was good in here tonight, yes? I came in here yesterday and Caleb and Timothy were in here on New Year's Day. No, you talk about hearken diligently. Yeah. Huh? You, you talk about a reverence for God and serving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It just needs to be turned up. Like you look around here tonight compared to Sunday and you know that there's some people that need to make some adjustments in 2020 if they're going to have the 2020 vision. Your participation is, is required. <laughs> and really, you know, I, 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 I get a kick out of it because, you know, we all know, you know that it's his kingdom and he's the king, but we still do what we want. Well, I'm busy. <laughs> I got other things to do. Well... <laughs> Whatever. No, but that, that has to change. And, and so it is going to change. And you can cooperate. You can learn from the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. But it's coming to you this year one way or the other. You might as well take the discipline. Because you don't want to get to the end of this year and miss what God did in the midst of many people. Like 2019, we've got some testimonies coming up. And you hear what God did with some people in 2019. And all you need to do is say, next. Because he's no respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. Do you believe him? Michael got ticked off at John, at Zechariah when he wouldn't believe. He said, I'm Michael. You, you call me a liar? I'm going to shut your mouth for nine months. I thought, God, could we do that in church? No, some people's lives would be completely changed. Know if they couldn't spew all that negativity out, Amen. it would be good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Acts chapter 9. I'm sure that this is why God went after Saul. 
Saul was zealous. He wanted to get something done, even if it was the wrong thing. <laughs> no, I mean, he was after it. He was not sitting back on his hands, hoping something would happen, or wait, let's just wait and see. Don't wait in 2020. Just do something different. Get up a little earlier, pray a little longer. Read the Bible through in a year like we do every year. Join us for once. It's so easy. You just read a couple of verses in the Old Testament and a couple of verses in the New Testament every day. What does it do? Well, it's kind of like what the Jewish people do. Every afternoon, all over the world, in the, every synagogue in the world, they read the same scriptures every single day. And if, and if, don't, don't go going there, though. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, um, Acts 9. Well, we should pick it up in verse 28, talking about Paul the Apostle. And he was with them, coming in and going out in Jerusalem. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to kill him. <laughs> when you preach the truth, you can make enemies. <laughs> like that guy that got shot in Texas the other day. When the brethren knew it, they brought him down to Caesarea and, and sent him forth from Caesarea to Tarsus. After they sent Saul away, it said, then had the churches, the churches had rest throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and they were edified. They, look at this. They walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. So when you reverence the Lord you get the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And it says, it says, and they were multiplied. Because they were, you see, because I found that if you, if, if, if you don't, like you can't get anywhere with anyone that doesn't have reverence for God. You can't help that person. If they don't have a reverential fear of God, you can't help them at all. Or if they've gotten the greasy grace message and they just think that they can do whatever they want to whenever they want to, and have totally missed what the Bible says, you can't help them. No point in arguing with them either. So, anyway, let's go to Proverbs chapter 14. A shake-up is good. A shake-up to wake up is good too. Again, Ephesians 5.14, wake up. And arise from among the dead, and Christ will give you light. I, I love the fact that it's a new year, even though it's the same day with God. I love the fact that it's a new year, and I get to, I get, I have, I have to. I get to, but I have to do something different. Or I'll get bored, or I'll get into some routine. I, I need to shake myself. I need to get a hold of myself and say, self. We've got to be different this year. We've got to do something different because if you keep doing the same thing, you keep getting the same results. So if you want something different, it's just logical. You have to do something different. Like with the people that aren't here tonight, they need to make a decision to get here on a Thursday night and stop making excuses. I can make excuses for everything. But if there was an NFL football game over in Halifax tonight on a Thursday night, I'd find a way to get there, no matter what. A football game. You mean to tell me I can't get to church where God 
you know, and to come in here and, and, and not just to come and have church and to see my friends, come and expecting God to move. I'm coming expecting you to do something in my life tonight. I'm not just coming, I'm not just coming here to play church. I could have played at home. I'm here because I'm expecting something. What if it doesn't happen? Then I'll come on Sunday expecting something. What if it doesn't? Then I'll come on Thursday expecting something. Then I'll come on Sunday expecting something and watch and see. I watched Shirley Wilson run around this church and people looking at her and saying, what is she running for? If you knew what she was running for, you'd join her and run with her. When you hear her testimony, the next time she takes off, you'll go with her. It's not just a, it's not just, it's like, I'll do whatever, I'll, I'll look ridiculous for you, God. I, 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 I'm not holding on to any dignity here. <laughs> I'm willing to get ugly for Jesus. I'll sweat. I'll do whatever. And it doesn't have to make sense to me because I read your Bible and nothing you ever told anybody made any sense at all. I'm waiting for him to explain it to me. Well, you'll be waiting, and we'll all be going home in the rapture. What are you waiting? I'm just waiting for God to explain to me what he's doing. No, but if God is normal, that means you're not. <laughs> right? Come on, his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, and he's not uptight in heaven. If you were in heaven right now, you'd be sitting around giggling. Not thinking about a thing, not worrying about how you're going to pay this or do that. Well, you know, and he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I want to treat you like you're already here, but you won't let me. You're too uptight and out of sight. You had a drive-by wedgie and you can't let go. Um, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26 says this, in the fear of the Lord... The fear of the Lord is strong knowledge, and his children shall be in a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. A reverence for God. When things are going wrong, and you begin to, like when we get to Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20, and he talks about believing God and being established, believing believe his prophets and you prosper. And then you read about what praise and worship does. Hallelujah. You know, prayer is asking for things. Praise is taking things. When you praise the Lord, you take things. You're not asking. They're just flowing. They're flowing. You're in the flow. Ephesians 1, 3, blessings coming from heaven to earth. You're not praying for them. You're just praising them. Hallelujah. Your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Peace in the Holy Ghost. And joy in the Holy Ghost. And it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. So I'm zipping up into your presence right now. I'm going to plug into the joy right now. I'm going to step out of the earth suit and get over into the realm of the spirit now. Get up out of the funk. I can look down at the mud or look up at the stars. They're both always there. I'm changing my focus. Oh, come and let us magnify the Lord. <laughs> 
for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, come and let us magnify the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's no want in those that fear him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's no want in those that fear him. He said the young lions suffer lack and the lions get hungry, but there's no want in the one that... I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You're in charge of what's going on in you. Stir up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, and keeping yourself in the love of God. Hallelujah. It starts way back in Proverbs chapter 1, if you really want to go all the way through this here with me. Praise and worship was great tonight, but... It was kind of a little slow in the audience because the turkey and the dressing and all of the things are going on. No, no, but I'm telling you, when you get after this, I'm believing in God, but that by the end, of, by the time we get to the end of January and praise and worship starts, you'll be up the front, up on the stage, trying to get a microphone. Ah, Lord. Well, maybe not that far. Maybe if you can't sing, you better stay down there. But. <laughs> No, but enter it into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It means to enter. Just like you entered the building, you enter in to praise and worship. You don't have to stand there and say, well, I hope they can sing me happy today. I hope they can get this funk off of me today. No, you come in. See, the pastor's supposed to be praying for hours and in the word of God before church starts. So are you. No, you're not coming to get something. You're coming to give. You're coming to give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. You're coming to give. And in your giving, you get what you want. He said, if the, if, again, Deuteronomy 28, if these blessings, if you if you hearken diligently on the voice of your God to observe and do everything that's written in this word, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you because you're not there trying to get your needs met. I'm trying to get his needs met. He needs me to worship him. He needs me to praise him. Hallelujah. He needs me to act like I, be I believe him. I mean, if, if Michael can get upset because, <laughs> aren't you glad God doesn't get upset by your unbelief? Hallelujah. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise the wisdom and the instruction. Yeah. So, but this, 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 this fear of the Lord, it's honor and respect that can be seen and felt. Respect for the Lord that can be seen and can, and be, and can become, and become, you can feel it. And again, I'll go back to yesterday when I came in here and Caleb and Timothy were there working on the sound. I didn't come in to disturb them or anything, but I thought, you know what? No one knew, if I hadn't just broadcasted this, no one would have known what they were doing. No one, except him. <laughs> but again, you know, the fear of the Lord, you can't have intimacy with somebody that you're afraid of. But really, we could, so, then, so then we could say it this way, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, knowing God is how to be intimate with God. How can you be intimate with somebody that you, you don't know? So you need to get to know him.
I can't live without knowledge. And I've also found this out. It's impossible to earn his love. And that's a big relief to me. He loved me. Ephesians 1, 4 says, he called me in him from before the foundation of the world. Do you think he got the best deal? I, I think I got the best deal. Amen. Okay, let's go to chapter 8. I'll try to finish quickly so some of y'all can go home and go to bed. <laughs> Get your little beauty sleep. Yep. And here, here in chapter 8 and verse 13 is a good definition of a reverence for God. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate pride and arrogancy and the evil ways and a froward mouth. Hmm. Wow. So the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and pride and arrogancy. Sounds like humility could be a key here somewhere. Because God opposes the proud. He has grace to the humble. How many of you know you don't want God for an enemy? But I can be in pride by, you'll never, do you know what they did to me? You know what they did to me? You know how important I am? No, tell me how important you are. Come on, tell me, tell me. <laughs> Let's go to chapter 15. Verse 33 says, the fear of the Lord is, is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. And I know I've been in the ministry for 28 years now. I have seen people that did it the other way around. They started a church, they got a couple of hundred people and sometimes in the U.S. they got a couple of thousand people in a church. And, uh, but, but there was no humility. And now those places, you, the, the, the churches are all gone. Because it was the reverse order. <laughs> Azusa Street, like that, that Seymour guy, is such a... When I think that he would come downstairs and put his head in a box, and when his head was in the box, the Holy Ghost would move and people would get healed. Miracles all over the place. People falling out in the train station down the road. That kind of stuff. And when the elders of the church thought that it wasn't dignified for him to be like that and talked him out of it. But I understand it wasn't stupid. It, like, you know, you'd, you'd have thought, if you came in here next on Sunday, and I, but, but I understand his motivation was he didn't want to be seen because he knew it wasn't him. He knew it wasn't him. He knew, he knew where it was coming from. The power was from the Holy Ghost. Chapter 16. Verses 18 and 19, look at that. Pride comes before destruction or a fall. And the haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be humble in spirit and lowly than to divide the spoils of the proud. How true is that? Chapter 22. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord. Look at this. Look at this. By humility and a reverence for God is riches and honor and life. 
Well, Numbers 23, 19 says, he's not a man that he should lie, or the son of a man that he should repent. He, he promised a blessing and it won't change it. So this verse is him. And he's saying, if, if, you, if you'll walk humbly in the reverence of me, I'll give you riches and honor and life. I don't have any problem with any of that. I just have a problem when it has you. Now, Ecclesiastes, let's go to the last chapter. How many of you have never read the, the book of Ecclesiastes? I think it's one of the funniest books in the Bible because it's talking about Solomon who overdosed on life. He had everything, did everything that he could imagine, tried it all, and he said it was all vanity. Can you imagine... You can't sleep at night, so you call an orchestra into your bedroom to play music for, to lull you off to sleep. Can you imagine having so much silver that you had to pile it up outside the city? Can you imagine I was at I was where his stables were, where he kept his twenty or thirty thousand horses and chariots over near the valley of Medego. I mean, this guy. People came from all over the world to see his riches. And see all the animals that he gathered up from Africa and other places and had brought and roaming around on the property. And the, matter of fact, the Queen of Sheba, when she came, the Bible says that she fell out. She was a rich woman and she came with camels loaded with things to give to Solomon. And when she saw his riches, the Bible says she had no more spirit in her. She passed out. That's how Solomon's, that's Solomon's palace and his wealth. Passed out cold. I remember, in, but I remember... I remember Milan LeFevre telling me that when he walked in George Harrison's house into his castle in England for the first time and saw the big spiral staircases coming down and all that, he was a drug addict at the time, but he started to cry. He was overwhelmed by how beautiful it was. And so this, this, was, so this was Solomon who had all of that. Let's read the, the conclusion of the matter. Chapter 12 and verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter, the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of a man. And really, fearing God is just compliance to his will in heaven. It's just doing what you know he wants you to do. So simple. That reminds me, there's one over in Micah. I think it's in Micah chapter 6. I'll close over in Micah chapter 6. We'll, we'll pick this up again on Sunday. And uh, next Thursday and next Sunday. And the next Thursday and Sunday after that for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. In other words, to do justly, to walk according to the principles of God, the king and his kingdom, where he rules in righteousness, right? So I'm going to do my best, I, uh, but, but I am a sheep, and, and sometimes I fall in the mud. But I don't belong in the mud, so I don't get down in the mud. When I fall in the mud, I get up. 
You got to get this. You got to get this or else you'll get religious trying to clean yourself up. No, the shepherd did that. The shepherd, matter of fact, he used the hook, the word and the spirit, and he pulled them out of the mud and cleaned them up, poured in the oil, poured, washed them out with oil. Come on. So, yeah. So, you know, so he showed me what's good to do justly and to love mercy. And love is not a feeling. Love is something that I do. Love is becoming here. Love in church for me, for you, love is becoming what someone needs. Right? You have always been what someone needs since the day I met you. See? That's 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 love and mercy. That's being merciful to people and all that. So he said, love mercy and to walk humbly. And, and I'm convinced this to the, one of the greatest ways to get rid of your problems is to solve someone else's. If you can be the answer to somebody else's prayer, watch and see what God will do with yours. It's, it's, just, it's as simple as that. So, <laughs> he showed you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee. But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. There's, there's a good slogan for 2020 as well. But we've got too many more coming up, so don't stick, don't stick on that one. Hearken diligently. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary as a roaring lion goes about seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour you because you're sober and vigilant. You resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same problems that you're dealing with, the church all over the world is dealing with, you're not some special case. No, but sometimes it feels like it. But other people are going through the same thing. Why are they going through it? Because God said, if you'll count it joy and go through it, he said, you'll be complete and entire and lacking in nothing. I want to take you through. He said, I'm not, yea, though I walk through Run if you have to. Yea, do I run through the valley and it's yet or death. I fear no evil for you are with me. Your word, your spirit, they comfort me. You prepare a communion table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I drink of your blood and eat of your flesh and I walk in divine life. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.